0: Today is Sunday, July 8th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, and episode 270 featuring ESPN Boston's Chris Forsberg is powered by Casper. Go to casper.com slash Celtics and use the promo code CELTICS for $50 off select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. right let's get moving because july is underway that means free agency is underway and much has happened since we last spoke i remind you as i always do subscribe to celtics beat on itunes make it easy just go there search celtics beat leave us a comment leave us some feedback whatever it is the five stars we appreciate it. it keeps us moving and just keeps the positive thoughts going but again Lots happening since the last show, so let's dive right into it. Kawhi Leonard still available, still no one knows where Kyrie Irving wants to play in 2019. At least that's all the media gossip that we continue to hear and expound upon. And of course, we will talk plenty of Marcus Smart since he remains out there and might just be unhappy. First Kyrie though, ESPN had a report last week about the Knicks being poised to make moves in 2019 since Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, Kawhi, Clay Thompson, all these guys have the chance to be free agents. And this article, if you didn't have the chance to read it, had one of the dumbest sentences that you will ever read. Several executives expect Irving to give the Knicks consideration next summer if he tests free agency per ESPN. Okay, let's just break that down for a second. Several executives, anonymous executives, obviously, expect Irving to give the Knicks consideration next summer if he tests free agency per ESPN. How many qualifiers do you need in one sentence? Expect, consideration, if, and then according to a report. That's a wild sentence right there. Which just goes to show, I mean, it says nothing. It says that, hey, guess what? It's possible Kyrie Irving, when he becomes a free agent, if he becomes a free agent, could maybe possibly look at a team that he has in the past reportedly considered playing for. At least a lot of people in NBA front offices who won't identify themselves believe that to be a fact. So stupid. The reporting out there right now, and I'm not going after specifically ESPN, obviously, or even intentionally one sentence within one article, because this stuff is all over the place. The hot takery that is going on right now has reached a whole new level where it becomes just plain Stupid. All right. I'd I'd rather at least, if we're going to sit here and spend a little bit of time talking about stupid stuff, let's talk about stupid stuff that we actually know to be a fact, like how poorly the introduction has gone for Robert Williams in his Celtics career. There have been headaches all around for the 27th overall pick. He overslept for his introductory conference call. That was rescheduled for an hour later. And then he missed the team's first practice after missing a flight back to Boston from Louisiana when he was just here for the introductory practice conference and then went to go back get some whatever you know what Williams discussed the early miscues in a, a little Q&A with the media what happened the other day on Sunday we know that voice right CLNS's Mike Petralia trags right out of the gate going for the jugular
1: what happened the other day on Sunday uh yeah I went home to uh, get a couple of things and I uh, just a misflight uh, miscommunication by me it's all on me so I'm uh, just looking to push forward and move faster what did the coaches kind of talk to you about after that um, just accountability, uh, which they, they expressed to me a lot when I first got here. Just accountability and just stressing that this is a job. You know, uh, things are different in college. Uh, so just knowing what, what you have and the opportunities are limited.
0: Maybe you have to keep stressing it, obviously, since, you know, the first message didn't really take necessarily. But he's taking accountability, at least in the way that he's talking to the media, which you expect and you appreciate and you hope that he would. Have they talked to you about any discipline?
1: Um. Definitely. Um, they discipline you uh, for words more than more than you may know. But um.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? Do they talk to him like he's a child? I mean, is it like when none of us out there likes to get disciplined by a parent or a boss, right? Because, and this is effectively the relationship that he has. This is, as he said, it's a job now. Danny Ainge, Brad Stevens, all these coaches, nobody, nobody, none of us wants to be sat down and disciplined by our bosses. That is a miserable feeling, and it feels like you're being almost talked down to by by your dad, you know, Robert. It's not so much what you did. It's just the fact that I'm I'm just really unlet down. I'm really disappointed in you. And if somebody gives a crap about you and their position, they're going to take that to heart. And they're going to feel that. So that while I will agree with him I agree that something like that could be more impactful than uh hey man listen you're gonna you're gonna be benched one of the summer league games which by the way would be a disservice to the team as much as it would be to him but it's it
1: just feels funny to hear him say it I guess uh maybe a couple uh extra sprints or something like that I don't know what was that feeling for yourself because we talked a little bit about that type of thing during when you were here for your press conference and the conference call and everything else when you realized that you were gonna miss the flight were you just kind of upset with yourself yeah yeah it was it was it was more of a self upset because uh people already have uh, a bad image of me uh, I guess you could say so Can
0: you imagine what must have gone through his head after already sleeping through that first call and then this happens he misses the flight he just oh, crap damn it, damn it damn it damn it damn it how one of those wish you could turn back time moments. We've all been there. Uh, just
1: missing my flight didn't didn't help that at all. But like I said, just looking to strive past that.
2: Does it sort of serve
0: as a wake-up call for you? Yeah. Uh, good pun, right? Wake-up call after sleeping through? The... Okay.
1: Definitely, definitely. Uh, I talked to Coach Stevens um, uh, when I got back, and uh, he... Gave him an alarm clock. Obviously, explaining to me about the opportunities. You know, uh, it's not that many, so definitely a wake-up call.
0: Yeah, don't blow it. Right. The sound courtesy, by the way, Chris Forsberg Twitter account. And uh, we will talk with Chris coming up in a moment. You can get all sorts of C sound from Summer League and elsewhere in the CLNS YouTube page. So make sure that you do subscribe and do that. But here, just quickly, bottom line thought, and we'll get into it a little bit with Chris as well. Robert Williams is the 27th pick. Just by virtue of that, you're a flyer, whoever you are at that stage, you're a flyer. And everybody knew. We talked about it after the draft on our draft recap show, and we've talked about it extensively elsewhere as well. Loads of potential with this kid, lottery pick talent, all sorts of off-the-court concerns. Some of them are rearing their heads here already, and that's why he dropped down to 27. Even just his game, is personally, there are elements to his game and the way he plays and the fact that he can't stretch the floor and that he's really a back-to-the-basket kind of guy that in this era, this today's game, today's NBA, I have cold sweats about him becoming Jaleel for, but again he is a flyer low risk high reward we've seen late 20s mid 20s picks around here not work out happens all the time across the nba not just boston i mean jared Sellinger for a little while worked out ultimately he didn't he's not in the nba fab mellow may he rest in peace we know what happened there rj hunter clearly a guy that that was has not been made for the nba didn't work out in boston or another stop since so at 27 you are a flyer I like the pick. I stand by it. Uh, I saw, you know, one of our CLNS videos out there was, are, are you tired of this guy yet? You can't be tired of this guy. He hasn't been around long enough to be tired of me. He hasn't played a game yet. As I talked to you in this moment that I'm recording. So hopefully he can have a strong summer league showing, put all of this behind him and people won't even be thinking about it. Come the regular season or, or at least preseason and training camp and all that, but early headaches, as I said, absolutely. But with that, There's a lot to cover with Chris, as I mentioned, beyond Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, all of it. Let's dive right in. Let's welcome in Chris Forsberg, covers the Celtics for ESPN, ESPN Boston. Chris, had to be nice to actually relax, maybe have a drink, barbecue on July 4th this year. After all the story chasing and Twitter refreshing we had, well, each of the last two summers. Yeah,
2: I was thinking back and. You know, I, I mean, really, for the last five years, because you think about it. On sure. five years ago on July third, they hired Brad Stevens, right? And no one saw that coming. It was that five o'clock press release, and I remember we were just about to take my kids out to like this gigantic field with all this this like uh, rides and, and and face painting and all that. I was like, well, I've got to go. Uh,
0: <laughs> Have fun, honey. And,
2: and then the last couple of years, you've either been on Durant watch. I remember yep. I was sitting outside in Utah, and I was actually on Sports Center uh, when I felt my phone buzz and it was the player tribune release. And now luckily I was off the air before people had time to read it because I don't know what I would have done. I would just sat there with a dumb expression on my face. Like, Oh my God, he's going to the Warriors. Uh, and then of course last year with, uh, the whole Gordon Hayward fiasco and all of us were out in Utah for that. And that was just bizarre. Uh, we should have crashed the Ainge family barbecue and tried (laughs) to get some insight. But, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was refreshing this year to sort of sit back and, uh, I did upgrade my watch this year. I got the, the Apple Watch that you can wear in the pool.
0: Oh, there so you go. So if I
2: if if I ever want to dive in for like five minutes, I can still not miss an alert that uh, uh, something is going down.
0: Do you still get all the notifications and everything, it's, or is in the same way that would on your phone, or do you just is it just email and text?
2: It's everything. It is. It's oh like my God. I can set up like Twitter alerts and all that. And like like I said, uh, there would be times where I would you know. I'd say, should I take a shower today? Because <laughs> you don't want to miss that text message that, hey, something's going down. And, uh, yeah, it gives you a little bit more flexibility. I I, I don't think the, the panic ever leaves you, but at least it gives you a chance.
0: My wife would hate me. I'm bad with my phone oh, as yeah. it is. If I had one of those watches where everything's set up, it it'd be a nightmare. <laughs> that would be terrible. But, well, all right, so as we know right now, Aaron Baines is really the big free agent signing. I say that sort of <laughs> tongue-in-cheek, tongue-in-cheek because, you know, I do believe he's immensely important to the success of this club. It's it's actually kind of amazing to me looking at my notifications, and I don't know if you sort of go through the same thing, but how many people just see him as this goofy dude that gets dunked on all the time and they don't actually recognize his value, especially defensively?
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, like I thought the, the number one thing like last year, you go back and you look at – the, the the player with the best individu- individual defensive rating in the league and it was Aaron Baines. Now, like listen, he doesn't play a ton of minutes, plays what like 18.2 minutes per game and uh but just to have him out there at the start of games, to be able to roll him out when you look at the east and you see guys like Giannis and guys like uh Joel indeed, like he is vital to the success of this team especially uh with the way they're constituted currently and the way the the east looks right now. Uh, I thought it was very important for them to to find a way to sort of keep him around. I, like, credit to Baines. Here's a guy who opted out of more money in Detroit to sign here. Uh, and I, I don't know if he could have known at that point, like, how good they would have been because there was still so much change going on. And then enjoyed it so much last year. Uh, despite the fact that his role was sort of constantly in flux. Now, he started a lot of games during the regular season, but by the playoffs, obviously, they had to mix and match there, and, and, and Shemi Ojule taking his position at times there in games uh, games late in the Milwaukee series. Uh, Bain stuck it out through all of that and then uh, was pretty adamant that he was going to be back. And so uh, good on the Celtics for, for, for finding a way to get him back so quickly. I, I think it speaks to what the Celtics have building here and, and, and the way – uh, guys like Baines, once they get a taste of it, uh, sort of want to to be a part of it.
0: Well, and the guy announces his returns, like sitting in a chair in the dark in his house, wearing his <laughs> Celtics jersey <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yet, I mean, you pretty much have to love him. But as, as we talk right now at this moment, and I, I qualify that because this is a weekly podcast, but right now. There's no deal yet for Marcus Smart. In fact, there are conflicting reports. You have Mark Murphy of the Herald saying there's been no communication and Smart is hurt and disgusted by that. Keith Smith, who I think has done a terrific job during this free agency period, especially over at Real GM, said a couple of days prior to that report that there's been good dialogue and neither side is in a rush. Walter McCarty even posted something laughing about anonymous sources. So do me a favor, just clear this all up right now. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I, I won't pick sides amongst my reporter friends, sure. but I will say I, I think restricted free agency is very difficult, and I think we've seen this bear out over the past few years. Uh, it's, I don't know if it's, if, it's, if it's a good system, and I think the league sort of has to look at it because, uh, one, the players realize that um, you know they, they just don't get a lot of offers because teams don't want to tie up that money and it's understandable like you know when you know that the other team can match anything you put out there it's just a a, a prickly process and so in a a year like this especially where teams like Indiana who we thought would be maybe the most aggressive suitor for a guy like Marcus Smart they come out and make a move immediately at the start of free agency uh to, to get Dougie Buckets and all of a sudden they don't have the cash to sort of go after him and um, I think what it is is Marcus Smart made it well-known, uh, t- uh, telling Jackie McMullen right after that Game 7 loss that he thought he deserved big money. And, you know, the, the, even the, the guys like Danny Ainge said, hey, he can feel that way. Uh, he probably wishes he doesn't vocalize it in the media, but uh, it's certainly within Marcus Smart's right to feel like he deserves to be paid at that level. And it's just right now the market isn't conducive for that. And so he's in a tough spot. and so. I think there's some frustration on, on Marcus's part, obviously, you you know, you, I think anybody who goes into a situation where uh, a a free agency, you sit there and want to be overwhelmed by offers. And, you know, I think we understand that that's just not happening in, in this environment. And so uh, Marcus has a tough decision. Now, do you sit there and take the qualifying offer of $6.1 million and bet on yourself and bet on your team and, understand that if the Celtics have a really good season you know maybe in unrestricted free agency there's more offers next year there's a better chance to sign that big money deal or do you uh, meet the Celtics somewhere in the middle there and say okay what well, let's think about a two-year deal for 24 million dollars 28 million dollars whatever the Celtics are willing to go to but I also look at it from the Celtics perspective and I say you know that's really the last thing they have to worry about when they construct this roster because until another team forces that issue they really don't have to address it
0: according to your colleague chris haynes demarcus cousins was between boston and golden state before choosing the warriors at cheap money now i personally would have loved that for a variety of reasons but chris maddox adam himmelsbach they both said that by the time the seas actually learned of cousins interest he was basically already a Warrior. So. I'll ask you this. Did the Celtics screw this up somehow?
2: No, I, I, I think they probably were, were probably just, uh, as best I could connect the dots, were, you know, were alerted probably by DeMarcus' camp that there was some interest on his behalf. And it's one of those phone calls where it's like, well, would you guys have an interest? And I think the Celtics sit there and say, you know, we just brought back Baines. We just drafted a big man. But, you know, you don't if you can get DeMarcus Cousins for cheap money, you, you, you don't turn that down.
0: I know anything can happen with regard to injury, so I won't bother asking you or anyone else to attempt to project that. But knowing what we know, do you subscribe to that notion that ah, season's over before it's even started, Warriors are going to do it again, even if the Celtics are in the finals?
2: No, you know, I, 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 do, I like it when people get so worked up about this, like, oh, why even play the season? And sure, like, it, it's easy to sit here. I think we all sat here last year and said it's going to be Cavs-Warriors again. And it bared out, but, you know, how it got there didn't exactly go the route that I think most of us thought. Like, who would have thought Cleveland would have had so much trouble and would have needed LeBron to pick them up and carry a ragtag crew through Game 7 against the Celtics? And, you know, the Warriors almost getting knocked off by the Rockets there in in, in their final. So, I just feel like you you, you got to play it out because, like, so much can happen and, and things get weird and uh, teams come out of nowhere. And uh i uh as much as we go in with this sort of conceived notion about how the season is going to play out and uh the warriors are just going to win it you know, something will happen. It'll get interesting.
0: We'll get back to Chris in just a second. I want to tell you today's episode of Celtic Speed brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best sleep one night at a time. You spend one third of your life sleeping. Why be uncomfortable? Casper products are designed with you in mind. Everything they make supports any type of body. Not sure what mattress is right for you? Start with the original Casper. With over 20,000 reviews, it's quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. The Casper is equipped with multiple supportive memory foams and it regulates your body temperature throughout the night and casper sells more than mattresses they also sell sheets pillows to ensure a better overall sleep experience and they do it all at affordable prices because they sell directly to you you can be sure your purchase with casper's 100 night risk-free sleep on it trial you don't like it no sweat free shipping and returns to customers in the u.s and canada what are you waiting for get 50 dollars off select mattresses by going to casper.com slash and using the promo code CELTICS at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get back to Chris. You know, and I feel the need to keep saying the qualifier of right now, not only just because, obviously, this isn't a daily show, but because of the fact that, I mean, a year ago at this time, Isaiah Thomas was still the face of this team. It wasn't Kyrie Irving. He was acquired in August. So, as we talk here about Kawhi Leonard, he's still available. Adrian Wojnarowski said, if... Boston continues to pursue the disgruntled San Antonio star. It'd be a picks heavy package because Celts' top 5 players, presumably the starting 5, are all unavailable. Is that the sense that you're getting as well that all of those guys are kind of quote-unquote untouchable?
2: Sure, but I'll say this is when you you know, you you're sitting there and you're you're making trade offers with teams, you never say, you know, oh well, all these guys are available. You know, you, you never put all your cards on the table. So, I do think that um, if Danny Ainge is, is talking with them. And, I, I, you know, I'm sure that, that they prefer to do a a, a pick-heavy package. And, you know, it's a little surprising that San Antonio wouldn't be more interested in that. Uh, I get the notion that the Spurs have this sort of philosophy and they've won for a long time and uh, you want to continue that winning. But I think what we've seen in the NBA is that sometimes it's better to, to, to hit the reboot button and, and kind of – get as much assets as you can and build it back up quick. Uh, not unlike what the Celtics did uh, in terms of maybe have that one down year, but with the right moves and the right draft picks, you can put this thing back on track real quick. Whereas, you know, if you keep just kind of trying to maintain that cycle of winning uh, it can get difficult and it is sort of got to get those, get those high draft picks to turn things around. So, uh, but the, the, there certainly would be interest in a package of, you know, not only, Uh, draft picks but young talent and so if i'm danny Ainge, i call the spurs and i say hey listen here's what i'm thinking i don't want to really mess with this core i really like it i think we have championship potential uh we'd love to do a deal that's built around these picks um but before you do any deal just give me a call and so if the spurs call and say listen you know we haven't been overwhelmed by offers we'd really like to go with yours because we think you got the best picks that will help us sort of build this thing back up but we need jalen brown in this trade you know, then I think it goes back on Danny to to think long and hard about whether that's a worthwhile venture. Now, I'll, I'll caution this with, with all the red flags. Like, one, you probably gotta gotta get some time with Kawhi because one, you got to figure out where his head's at. You know, not only about why it went wrong last year in San Antonio, but is he just dead set on LA? Like, is there any chance he's going to consider an extension with your team? Because I do think once you get him here you can sort of sell him on it.
0: You know, I, I agree with a lot of that, and obviously the biggest thing the biggest unknown is that quad and and what the future of that is and why it went so badly injury wise never mind the the personal standpoint sure. but just the injury wise why it went so poorly last year and, and where he is at medically and and if he will ever you know I, I tweeted about this too will Kawhi Leonard ever be Kawhi Leonard again we don't know it's just one of those we don't know if Isaiah if uh, never mind Isaiah I mean same applies to him but if Kyrie <laughs> Irving will be Kyrie Irving again right. with with that knee after multiple surgeries you hope but the, the I feel myself more than anything keep coming back to the mental side of things, and and obviously you hit on a lot of this with Kawhi. Just the why you know how does a guy quit on his teammates like that last year? How does he quit on a coach like Greg Popovich? How does he quit on that organization the way he did, and not only quit and not quit and play, but quit and outright leave? You know, I'm I'm going to New York. I don't even want to be around the situation. I'm not coming back for the playoffs when when I've been medically cleared by the team, all of that, to then, and again, a report is a report. We've heard nothing specifically from Kawhi Leonard, but then you have the Yahoo report that, never mind Boston's rumored or reported interest in Kawhi Leonard, but that Kawhi might not even be all that into Boston because he doesn't want to join a super team. And for that reason, he would prioritize the Clippers over the Lakers because he doesn't want to go to L.A., that side, now that LeBron is there. He doesn't want to even be part of that. What I don't know, and I don't expect you to know <laughs> this either, I don't know what is important to this guy.
2: Yeah. You know what's funny is, is, is sometimes I feel the same way about Kyrie. Sure. Is, you know, what makes Kyrie tick? You know, Jackie McMullen had a great piece last year. Uh, early in the season, and it was because a lot of people were like, "Well, why did Kyrie want out of Cleveland?" You know, and I think we understand that LeBron cast a big shadow, and that's tough to be in. And so, but what made him tick, and what did he, what was he searching for in coming to Boston? Uh, and I feel a little bit about in the same way about Kawhi. It's like, okay, he's experienced all this winning. Uh, he's a he's a very, at least to the media, a very quiet guy. I don't know what makes him tick. And so, you know, I think so much of, of the Celtics' interest would be predicated on that, on, like, their research and trying to find out all they can about that situation in, in San Antonio. Like, if things got really serious, I can see Brad Stevens calling Greg Popovich, and the, considering the friendship they have, and being like, you know, Hey, can, can you give me some insight here? Like, wh- why did this go right? Uh, and I would be fascinated to hear that conversation Yeah. Uh, because we know, you know, Pop came out and talked about why it went sour with LaMarcus Aldridge and, you know, how, you know, that, that how he re- re- there was some regret in that situation and, and trying to pass that up. and
0: But he did. He um, fixed it.
2: Yeah. You know, and so I don't think that's unreasonable to think that, you know, we had a we did a vote for for, for ESPN forecast about where you think the most likely place that Kawhi Leonard ways to start next season and i said san antonio because i do think that still the most likely scenario is they're not overwhelmed by the trade offers that are out there that teams are reluctant to put their best assets on the table and ultimately you bank on your on your organization and your culture that you can repair that uh and you know the luxury in your back pocket is uh you still have that super max that he can't get anywhere else and if money is what drives Kawhi. Uh, then, you know, at some point, whether it's sign and trade or, or whatever, you're still going to recoup value on him. But, yeah, it's, it, it's such a delicate situation. You know, I guess you, I always joke about it. I say Danny sits there and waits for these moments when top five guys become available so you can pounce. And he's already done it once with a guy like Ky- Kyrie where, uh, you know, hey, no one saw that coming. But the Celtics were in the game. They had the assets. They had everything that could make that a reality, and they did it. And with Kawhi, you'd love to just say, oh, all right, here's a, here's a top five guy. Let's just go make this a reality. But there's just so many different variables that are out there. Uh, and I, I go back to it: the Celtic are in such a good position that, you know, you, you just you hate to add any, you know, risk to the situation. And, and you got to be diligent about just trusting your own process and all that. So uh, I do think that's what adds this layer of difficulty to this situation and trying to figure out. Uh, How this all works.
0: On Kyrie, there was a report out of Chicago last week. Jimmy Butler upset in Minnesota that he and Irving are looking to team up at some point, be it in Boston or maybe when they're both free agents a year from now, if in fact they're free agents a year from now. The New York stuff, it's out there. Is this just kind of more off season noise and chatter, or do you think there's something there?
2: No, I I do think there's uh, something to the idea that they want to play together, but I think a lot of NBA guys want to play together. And making that actually happen and become a reality is is is, is two different things, you know. I, I, how long have we been hearing about LeBron wanting to get all of his banana boat friends mm-hmm. together, and you know, will what, what will will that ever happen? And um, it, I, I there's certainly something to it uh, in terms of the the two players wanting to play together, but I don't know. Like from a Celtics perspective, uh, one. I, it, it's fun to have a Jimmy Butler rumor back in the mix because it, it had been too long. <laughs> it, had been a bit, least, yeah. it had been a bit, yeah. It had been at least three months since we've we've been down this road. And, uh, you know, for the the, the the number of times that we've we've investigated it, it's like uh, years, it's literally having, years. <laughs> so uh, but I also think maybe that that ship might have sailed. Like, uh, I, th- I, I just feel like the Celtics had the assets and, and the means to go get a Jimmy Butler uh, at various times. And ultimately, they elected not to. And maybe there's certainly a different situation now, And uh, uh, there, there, but they still have all these assets. And if they wanted to make that a reality, you, you feel like they could do it. And uh, the one thing I'd be leery of is making moves to appease a star on your team. You certainly want Kyrie to have all the reasons in the world to re-sign here next summer. But, um, you know, you don't want to sign up all of his friends and then have a situation where he says, oh, I'm going elsewhere. <laughs> where and he's LeBron, basically. Yeah, exactly. And, and all of a sudden you're left with a roster that's not exactly conducive to, to what you were building. Uh, I, I don't think that's even a, even a, a concern because, I, I, you know, I'm sure we'll get to Kyrie. But um, I, I, I feel like there's no reason to think he's going to flee. Uh, but I just don't know if, if, if we should put too much stock into one writer in Chicago saying that Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving would want to play together. I'm sure there's a uh, list of players that Kyrie Irving would love to play with, one of which was Gordon Hayward, and, and they've already got him here.
0: All right, well, I'm going to put stock in one writer in Boston, and that's you. Do you believe, all I can ask you is what you believe, do you believe in this moment Kyrie Irving intends to stay in Boston long term?
2: I do, and, and, but it's not in Kyrie's demeanor. To to say that, and I think <laughs> We've learned he understands. That. Yeah, yeah, you know, he likes to challenge the conventional, and so while I think he understands, it would be really uh, refreshing for self expanse to hear him come out and say, "Listen, I love it here. This has been everything I've dreamed of." Uh, you got to sort of parse it in what he says, and that big press conference he held during the Uncle Drew promotion. You know, I thought the the, the big takeaways I got were. He really appreciates the transparency he has with the front office and Brad Stevens. Uh, I think he likes the ability to go to Danny and say, all right, what are we doing this summer? And as all those rumors at that point were swirling about, whoa, would the Celtics make a run at LeBron? And, you know, all this, like he can lay it out uh, for for Kyrie and say, you know, here's what we're thinking. You know, and and Kyrie at that point said, you know, LeBron didn't come up. And you just got to trust that that maybe that the, you, you would think they would be honest with him in that situation. And I'm sure there have been times where uh, because of LeBron, <laughs> he hasn't maybe <laughs> known all the, that the inner workings and, and, and what the uh, what the front office was thinking and how much LeBron impacted that and all that. So uh, I think he likes that. I think he enjoys the tradition and, and, and playing in that arena. He said it multiple times about the energy in the building Uh, I think he likes the idea that he's sort of the guy uh, on this team. He has some help, obviously, uh, uh, and he loves that the young guys are coming along while he can remain the focal point. And what I hope is that this summer sort of reminded him that he can be sort of that elite star, that movie star and still go to LA in the off season and go to New York and do his premieres. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that you have to live in one of those cities, in order to, to be the movie star and do those sort of things, you can balance it all no matter where you live, and especially in this day and age, it's such a small world. Uh, I don't know if that's as big of a deal. It's not like he's going to go 10,000 miles to get back to New Jersey and, and visit home or, to, 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 or, or get to New York or whatever. So uh, I, I, every indication for me has been that he has loved his time in Boston. But he's going to leave that door open because then if something wild happens and he decides to move on, he can say, hey, listen, I never committed myself to Boston. Uh, you know, From a business perspective, I understand it. Uh, it's just not going to be a very warm and fuzzy year probably for Celtics fans, especially since, as Kyrie himself admitted, it's going to come up every day. And when the Knicks come to town, uh, I think about last year, The the late in the regular season, they played the Knicks, and uh, the beat writers uh, for the for the Knicks stood in the hallway, the narrow hallway between the two locker rooms, Mm -hmm. and formed a little wall as Kyrie was leaving. And he came around the corner and saw him, was like spin move. Nope, we're not doing this. I'm out (laughs) of here. Uh, And credit to him, he just you know he did he knows that that's going to be a lingering storyline. Part of that I do think is that Kyrie likes maybe some of that a little attention and that sort of curiosity about what he'll do um well he learned you know, from the did, best there right exactly uh i think we all have egos right we all want to have that stoked a little bit uh so even if he downplays it and says like you know it's not on my mind you still like to hear it and you know hey bring it full circle that's why marcus martin is probably sitting here right now saying you know hey why do, why is there more buzz about me being out there and it, it, it's just natural for these players to want to feel wanted and so uh i think Kyrie wants to get to unrestricted free agency see how it goes but listen, Boston can offer, offer the most money. They can offer the, probably the best situation in the East right now. Uh, nothing in my mind says that he won't be here when the 2019-20 season kicks.
0: It's funny you bring up the when he's doing that Uncle Drew press tour and talked about the transparency with the front office and the ability to, as you said, go to Danny, go to Brad, talk about plans. What are we doing? What are we thinking? I tweeted at that time, took a lot of flack for it from people out on Twitter too, uh, just the, well, you know, Isaiah Thomas used to talk the exact same way. (laughs) You know, it's like let's, you know, but granted that was a different case where Isaiah was begging for the money and now it's more the Celtics sort of begging to give Kyrie the money and uh, hoping that he will accept it. But uh, Jalen Brown, obviously we we talked about him. I want to just take this in another vein very quickly. He posted a picture to Instagram a few days ago with Butler and Dwayne <laughs> Wade. It, it, look, that's, it got mild social media attention. I'm not going to ask you what it means. It doesn't mean anything. I don't care about any <laughs> of that. What I do care about, somebody actually brought this up to me on Twitter, and I thought it was an interesting talking point. He said one thing he's taken notice of is – and you would be much closer to it than he would, than I would, than, you know, whoever, that um, guys around the league seem to really like Jalen and maybe one day would want to play with him. You know, do you think, uh, we think he's going to be good, he could be great, we've talked about that, but do you think he could also be a valuable recruiter for the Seas down the road? Is he a guy that, from that standpoint, he's someone you want to hang on to?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting thought. You know, I've never really considered it that way. I certainly think that, uh, his ability to network and, uh, you know, when w- we saw those photos from Fashion Week in Paris and he's there with them, you know, Harden was there, right, and like on oh, this all-star crew. Right. Uh, you know, that is neat when, you know, I don't know if we've really had a Celtics player in recent history that's sort of had those ties to maybe what we call that sort of inner circle of, of NBA elite. Uh, I think, again, it goes back to Jalen's personality. He, he's just a very endearing guy. You, like, you want to talk to him. You want to you know, hear what he has to say. Uh, it also helps that he's really good at basketball and that, that uh, you know, as we saw from that year one to year two, that, that jump, uh, it started slow. But I think by the end of the year, you know, at least in my mind, the, 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 maybe the ceiling that I had sort of had in my mind for him is maybe elevated a little bit and there's just natural curiosity to see where that grows. But I do like the idea that he sort of can be an ambassador for you too. You know, uh, it, it, when you, the more players that you have that can connect on that level with, with other elite talent, it certainly doesn't hurt. Um, you know, I think that's the same way about Brad Stevens. Now, part of that is just, players look at brad and say you know wow what like what's what is it about this guy that that he's able to get the best out of everybody and that's more so with the evan turners of the world and uh all the all the way that he's taken these these guys and and maximized their strengths um but you know also as their ability to communicate and and develop relationships that certainly helps i can see a situation where as this team starts transitioning to maybe more of of Tatum and Browns than necessarily Al and Kyrie. Now, like if it's Kyrie's here, he's always going to sort of be the focal point. But you know, as those guys sort of grow in stature around the league and become sort of the the, the focal points of this team, and you know, further down the road, maybe they're the all stars while you know the aging veterans are are there. Um, I could certainly see a situation where where Jalen Brown is helping you construct this roster and and uh, and and being a draw for other players.
0: So you know, in the, in the event that That discussion, that segment ever ends up getting sort of not replayed but redone on, you know, one of the NBC Sports Boston shows because I could see it being, like I said, a good talking point. This is probably where they would take it. I think it'd be a fun way to do it too. Who do you think would be Jalen Brown's banana boat?
2: Well, I mean the fact that he posted that Jimmy Butler photo, like you know maybe we maybe we gotta throw him in there.
0: I mean, just another uh, reason that things are going well with Kyrie, yeah, <laughs> they both I mean, want to I mean, play with Butler, maybe uh let's wrap things up here on a uh, a lighter note, and I think you and I have actually I think had this conversation off the air at one point years ago, but uh occasionally on this show, we talk personal Twitter accounts, and um there's something that i that I always love about yours it's that. You only follow 13 people and it's and, and on top of that, it's a fairly bizarre mix, if I'm being honest. Like you don't follow Woj, you don't follow Shams, but you do follow Adam Jones at the Sports Hub. How, 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 among others, how do you stay on top of everything? Is it does it all go back to the to the, you know, Apple Watch notifications or, you know, what's the method to the madness?
2: So there's two things at play here. One is uh, I, I, I guess I was – I don't want to say I was ahead of the curve, but I can vividly remember being in Tampa Bay in 2008, I think it was, and I was doing sort of – I was a high school sports reporter for The Globe and Boston.com, but I was asked to start doing a little bit more like pro stuff, and I like so they sent me out with a video camera. And I was very fortunate. I got to be part of like the Celtics 2008 title run. Uh, I got to go out to LA for that, and really just videotape our, our columnists at that point talking, getting post game reaction, and you know stuff honestly that uh, not a lot of places were doing at that time. And and that was really rewarding. But it also got me to be around the situation. Well, that that night in Tampa, I, I set up like my personal Twitter, and I, I mean from that thing, I probably follow uh, a bazillion people. So. When I first got oh, okay. to okay. I didn't, I didn't realize
0: there were multiple Twitter accounts. There
2: is. So, like, I, I they're not burner accounts, but they're okay. pretty close. Um, so I had this this account that I had all these people already followed from, and then I set up the ESPN one, and I said, well, I just don't have the energy to go back through and follow it. But what I did do is I created a, a whole bunch of lists mm-hmm. because I, I sort of realized that, like, on my phone, I could just stay logged into ESPN Forsberg and pull up my Celtics list or my national list. And that gave me access to everybody. Uh, and with alerts and with everything, uh, I'm able to sort of keep on top of everything. What I did do was uh, I tried to follow when we first started ESPN Boston. I tried to follow all of our ESPN Boston writers uh, to, to just like, you know, be able to, to see what they were doing. Uh, and so obviously Adam Jones was a part of our ESPN Boston radio right. at that point. Yeah. So he muscled his way in. Not that I don't love Jones and our <laughs> Northeastern connection. Uh, so he, he, he gets the follow. Uh, and I, I do tell people that if, uh, if you manage to muscle your way into that list, uh, either I accidentally followed you or uh, I really, really respect what you do. And so uh, <laughs> I, 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 I know it's people are a little – yeah, and I, I like I don't want people to think I'm like shading them if I don't follow them from that account because uh, you know it does work against me in some regards because if I'm not following someone and they don't have direct messages from everyone turned on, then it becomes a hassle to get a hold of anybody that I don't have their phone number already, mm-hmm. and so there there are obstacles to this whole list management, um, but yeah, uh, it, it, it it is pretty routinely brought up uh where people will say uh give me a follow back and i'll say well I can't really do that I, I can follow you from my, my burner account but i can't follow you from from the espn ford account and so, then they ask about the twitter picture which uh is also one of my favorite things with with danny Ange and uh I, what i would guess is like eight-year-old espn but hanging out at spags <laughs> in Shrewsbury um uh, back in the day has he ever mentioned and that he has you know what was funny is uh uh, it took him a while, and so I, maybe I should take that as a slight that Danny wasn't following along on my Twitter account. But uh, he, did, he, he did come up to me one day and said, "Hey, I, I finally noticed your Twitter picture, and uh, you know, what's the deal with that?" And he's like, "I, I, I knew I knew, must have known you from somewhere."
0: Chris Forsberg, uh, I, I took up way too much of your time, so I appreciate it. But that was a great chat about the season uh, and and all beyond. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, thank you, Adam. Tons of great stuff from Chris. It's about all the time we have, though, so i got to get out of here. But I wanted to make sure that you heard all that he had to say because this early July, it's a silly season. This is a fun time of the year, and there's so much yet to be determined. Hell, we're still over a month out from when the Celtics traded for Kyrie Irving at this time last year. So think you know what it's going to look like entering the regular season with Danny Ainge. Back to the matter is you do not know. You do not know anything. Let's get a Summer League championship, huh? Well, at least maybe some Gino in Vegas. See you. Oh,